This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in. It is Full Gear Weekend, and we here at Believe in Pro Wrestling have you covered it as our big prediction show. Myself, SP3, here as always, and we are not alone. Joined here today, you know him from Grapsity. You know, you probably read his work on Bleacher Report as well, which, by the way, that's where Full Gear, you can watch it, so might as well bring in somebody from Bleacher Report here. Phil Lindsay joining us on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us here, man. I appreciate uh, you giving us this insight on this stacked card that we have this weekend. Hey, you can look, but you can't touch. Uh, <laughs> your boy is in the building. Uh, <laughs> we got we got 11 matches we got to get through here, gentlemen, so uh, absolutely stacked card. And SP3, uh, we did have some news kind of break as far as the title eliminator tournament is concerned. A lot of people were wondering where Ricky Starks was and when this match uh, with Lance Archer w- was going to happen. And we got some word from uh, Tony Khan what exactly went down. And can you kind of run down for the folks uh, what, what is going to be happening as far as that is concerned? Because the finals are no longer happening at Full Gear. Yes, the uh, Full Gear Eliminator Tournament will happen. The finals will happen after Full Gear. Uh, Friday uh, night tonight, AEW Rampage in Newark. It's going to be Ricky Starks versus Lance Archer in the quarterfinals. And then the winner of that matchup is going to first Brian Cage on the Zero Hour pre-show for Full Gear. And then the winner of that match will verse Ethan Page in the finals of the Eliminator Tournament on Wednesday in Chicago on uh, November 23rd on Dynamite. So uh, it's getting getting pushed back a little bit. Uh, Ricky Starks wasn't medically cleared last week, so that's why everything pushed back, which I'm hoping means that Ricky's going to win. That's why they push everything. I feel like that's got to be the big reason to push it back, because I feel like if he wasn't going to win, I feel like they would have just replaced him. Yeah. Um, But works out for me as a chicago illinois resident i'm i'm gonna get a finals match in in a in a dynamite episode so and you know what this works out as well because we don't have to pick the finals now which could technically tip our hand for what we're going to choose for the main event tonight because the winner of that match obviously gets a shot at whomever the aew world champion is john moxley mjf we will be closing out the show uh picking that match up as well a lot of title matches a lot of big matches three women's matches on the card uh this weekend absolutely love to see that and arguably the biggest women's match in the history of aew we're going to dive into all that first things first gotta thank our friends over at bet online uh they continue to be your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season whether it's nba nhl nfl mma tennis boxing golf And yes, professional wrestling. They have the list of all the favorites for AEW Full Gear up there this weekend. If you want to make a bet on that, you can do so as well right there. Just head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That is B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. We appreciate you guys joining us. Make sure to hammer that thumbs up button. Make sure to hammer that subscribe button as well. The climb to 1,000 SP3 has uh, has now started. We reached 500 this week. We're now at 501 at last count. And the climb to monetization continues here at Believe in Pro Wrestling. We thank you guys so much uh, for, <laughs> for all of your support. Uh, let us start with a match that uh, nobody thought would be on this card uh, about a month ago because, well, Jeff Jarrett wasn't in the company uh, about a month ago. Uh, but we get... The uh, impervious, just indestructible team of Sting and Darby Allen here. Phil, we'll, we'll start with you. Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, Sting, Darby Allen. Sting does not lose in AEW. Does that change this weekend? Is there some way, some shape, or form that Double J and Jay Lethal get the win on Saturday? 
Yeah, I don't think if we're going to give Sting his first loss, it's going to be the team Double J. Um, I think we're probably going to see the guitar spot. He's probably going to, Sting's probably going to no-sell that guitar shot. Uh, but I don't think they're losing. I, I think that Darby and Sting are going to win here. I, I think the only way that Double J and Jay Lethal win this match is if he hits the guitar shot on Darby and pins Darby. They're, Sting is not, himself, is not losing this match. I don't know if they're going to do that. I would say there's a puncher's chance of that happening. I'm not going to pick against Sting and Darby Allen. I, I did say on the show earlier this week that I thought of the favorites that we knew of, they were maybe the most vulnerable. Uh, but yeah, SB3, this this is going to be a fun match. Sting matches are always fun. Love getting to watch this man work. I think he and uh, Darby Allen are going to continue their undefeated streak. Well, Rick, this earth is not your place. The pale skin is on your face. If you step inside with me, you will see a king. He ain't dead. He ain't the rock. Don't want to hear your big mouth talk. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to go for Jeff Jerry, even though he has a banger of a theme song. And he always seems to have these theme songs that I love the lyrics to, just like my world. But yeah, Sting doesn't lose. Death, Texas, Sting wins in AEW. The streak continues. We got another match here that, that might be fairly predictable, but it's, th it's still going to, to be fun. This is a uh, feud that has been going on for, for several months now and may finally be the, the blow-off to this. We got Jungle Boy. Don't call me a boy anymore. I am a man, Jack Perry, going up against Luchasaurus. It is a steel cage match. I, I love big, bad heel Luchasaurus. I feel like he could use a big victory here. I don't know if he gets it, Phil. Yeah, I think uh, I think Jungle Boy is gonna win here. Um, I I am tempted to say that Luchasaurus will win and stretch out this feud until uh, Christian is ready to wrestle again. Um, but I still think that I I still think it would be kind of a mistake to have Jungle Boy take two losses to Luchasaurus, and for that reason, I think Jungle Boy is gonna win. And I think the the out you can do here is that it's a cage match and possibly not pin Luchasaurus, but yeah, I think I think Jungle Boy's winning. Uh, I, I made a suggestion the last time we had a cage match, and uh, I think SP3 was right. It wasn't necessarily the right spot for it, but SP3, I'll make the same suggestion because I think it might fit here. You could have some kind of situation where Luchasaurus is brutalizing Jungle Boy and accidentally throws him out of through the cage, out of the cage, somewhere like that. But an, but an escape the cage type situation for Jungle Boy here would protect Luchasaurus, and I do think that that's what we're going to get. That's going to be the finish for this match. Jungle Boy will escape the cage. I still think that Christian Cage is is going to be a wild card here. He's going to play a factor in this match. Just depends on what kind of a factor and how big. I mean, that would be a cool idea if this was any other company besides AEW. They actually have rules against escaping the cage. Mm. If it's a tag team match and someone escapes the cage, they're out of the match. Like, they, there's, you yeah, don't oops. win. You I don't win by escaping one. the cage. You can only win by pinfall or submission. So I think this is going to be Jungle Boy's opportunity. If it wasn't a steel cage matchup, I would definitely uh, agree with you and Phil and say, yeah, I think Luchasaurus should win here to kind of prolong the feud a little bit. But because it's a steel cage match that has been kind of a defined blow-off type of matchup in AEW, I think uh, Jungle Boy's going to win here and hopefully move on to maybe the All-Atlantic Championship or TNT title. Yeah. We do have a TNT championship match coming up here. We will uh, definitely pick one. That, 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 when that match got made, that was arguably like, okay, <laughs> that, that, if I wasn't going to buy it, I was going to buy it for that match alone. And uh, that's my bad of forgetting the cage rule. So, uh, excuse me on that one. Uh, our first uh, championship match that we're going to talk about tonight Jade Cargill defending her TBS championship. Against Nyla Rose. This has been a, a really, really fun build here, Phil. I'm happy that Nyla has uh, gotten the opportunity to kind of showcase more of her personality because she's absolutely a, a spectacular uh, Twitter follow if Twitter's still a thing by the time you guys are watching this. Um, but she's been great throughout this entire thing. This is the kind of uh, build that uh, a kind of feud that, that Jade, I think, has has needed. And I think, you know, Jade, uh, excuse me, Nyla has as good a chance of anybody as beating Jade Cargill for this match, for this championship, does it happen? No, I think Jade is going to win. But I think this feud has been great. And uh, shout out to Tony Schiavone because, according to Tony, it was Tony Schiavone's idea uh, to create this feud. And I think that it is 
arguably the best stuff that Nyla has done with the company. I think it has been the best use of her personality. Um, I think that she, this is, this is the most where you hear people say that she doesn't really need Vicky. And this is definitive proof that she is just more personable and she is just so much more likable when you just let her do what she's naturally good at. And that's be funny. Um, I think that all of the promos and stuff she's done around this are great. I think the small things like having quote unquote TBS champion under her name or yeah. all of that stuff is just such a great touch. But at the end of the day, Jay will leave full gear with her title and tell. I, I think that's going to end up being the case. I think this, this matchup is, is going to be great. I think these two are going to, to match up very, very well with one another. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't think Nyla is going to be the one that finally knocks off Jade Cargill. I don't know who is, uh, unless they are, I mean, unless they're going to keep her undefeated until, uh, Chris Statlander comes back, but I don't know how long that could possibly be at this point. I don't know if Nyla is the person, but I think, I think Jade is going to get the win here. SP. Yeah, I think definitely Jade uh, continues her streak. She's definitely going to go one year with this TBS championship. She won it on January 5th of this year. She's definitely going into January next year as the, still the TBS champion. But I I agree with Phil 100%. Thank you, Tony Schiavone, because Nyla Rose for such a long time has been the funniest person in wrestling period, let alone AEW. And it's very reminiscent for me of like 2000, 2017, 2016 Rusev, where Rusev in WWE yeah. was like the funniest person around, but yeah. the company didn't really give him the opportunity to always be funny. So I'm happy that they gave Nyla this opportunity here where she's kind of made the most of like a short amount of, amount of minutes. Like I, like I told you the other day, Rick, I have a friend that just watched AEW and he was just like, they've gotten like 30 seconds of TV time, but it's been the best 30 seconds of the show most of the time just her singing jaded i just want to play that on repeat over and over again so give me more of nyla nyla rose in the spotlight yeah and even if she loses this matchup you can continue to to play off of her in in this way i think they have definitely found the formula for her to be successful win lose or draw in this match and and that goes to show you, you talk about she gets what 30 seconds of tv time but that shows you how valuable those those 30 seconds can be for, for any, literally any performer, there is no throwaway time. Um, you can make anything work. Uh, so it, it's been great to see her. And yes, Phil, I agree with you. If, if this, if, if people didn't know that she didn't need Vicky at this point, they definitely know now that she doesn't need Vicky. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Nyla progresses after this, uh, whether they find a way to, to continue this feud, because I wouldn't hate it either, either way. It's not like there's really a, a, next TBS challenger in line. That's, you know, obvious for, for Jade Cargill. So if they wanted to continue this, I wouldn't be mad at it either. Um, yeah. Um, if you're looking for another non-title feud for Paige moving forward and another, like a W original for Soraya to Russell, Nyla Rose makes perfect sense. Not going to argue with that one little bit. All right. AEW World Tag Team Champions, the acclaimed, taking on Swerve in our glory. Uh, these guys, every time they get in the ring together, they just absolutely tear the house down. Um, we were Phil, we were there in actually all three of us were there uh in Chicago when these guys just uh, I have never been in an, an arena for an atmosphere quite like that, where you have thousands of people chanting scissor me daddy and singing like it is a world cup soccer match uh, during a tag team title event. It was absolutely a surreal atmosphere uh, to be a part of swerving our glory. Got the win there. The acclaimed get their win uh, later on to uh, capture the tag team championships. And now here we go. Uh, it is the rubber match. I do like the acclaimed to hang on to the, their tag team championships here. Um, Phil, are you going to go uh with uh your 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 boy's family uh in in swerving our glory or uh what what are, where are we going with this one? Oh, got think? his family in the dirt sheets. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. People people seem to like take shots at, our, at us for attention, man. It's, it's interesting. Um, I don't know. I uh I, I besides that, I think that the claim are still 
bubbling. I think that they're still one of the top acts in the company. Um, so it would be a mistake to take the titles off of them this soon. Um, I think that they're going to win here, and I think this is going to further the split between Keith and Swerve. Uh, Swerve has been teasing a lot of stuff this week. He's been doing uh, very maniacal mustache twirling stuff throughout the week. Um, I did notice, uh, I don't know if other people noticed, but when one AR Fox said that he was signed, I noticed the first person that put the eye emojis over it, and he's also been teasing, hey, who was holding the camera in that segment with him and Billy Gunn? I don't know. So I feel like he is already kind of moving on from Keith, and we just don't know it yet. He definitely has a plan. Um, I am looking forward to heel swerve in full effect, so I think that uh, he's going to lose here and move on to bigger and better things. Yeah, I look, heel swerve, when it does happen, full-fledged is going to be the best thing on AEW TV week in and week out. Uh, the, the guys the guys just got it, SP3, and I'm looking forward to this. And I think this is the, the right time. You get a rubber match here, the acclaimed go over, and, you know, that, that for lack of a better term, sends uh, swerve over the cliff. And, uh, you know, we're, we're full-fledged heel swerve, and we're off and running. Sneaky swerve. Uh, yeah, I, I love I love swerve, man. As a heel, he, it feels like everything is kind of coming together for him where he's feeling like he's on the cuffs of kind of breaking through to that main event level. So all he needs to do is kind of get through this match. So I agree with the odd. The acclaim is going to retain here and wrap up this rivalry that they really overachieved with because I'm pretty yeah. sure when they booked this for all out, it was supposed to be one and done and they got a three match program in three months out of this. So this program definitely overachieved. The acclaimed got to the next level. They're the champions. They're the top babyface tag team in the company. Despite FTR having the year they are, they at the acclaim due to this program kind of taking them to that next level. They are there. And then you got Swerve as a heel in the waiting. Keith Lee can break out at any point as a babyface. But I do think, yeah, the acclaim win. Swerve either turns here or definitely on Dynamite or Rampage following full gear. And I'm definitely with Phil and I actually said it on AE Ramble this week on True Hill Heat, I was like, AR Fox and Swerve, that's who I think. I think that's going to be the alliance. I think AR Fox was behind the camera. And if you haven't already, go out of your way to watch Swerve and AR Fox back in their Lucha Underground days as Killshot and Dante Fox in the greatest death match on network television history. The, 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 uh, what was it? The God of War match? I, man, just go out of your way. If you want to see people going through glass, bleeding from the back, if you want to have a newfound respect for AR Fox, who was one of the MVPs of Dynamite this week, go out of your way to watch that match. I think they are going to be an alliance coming out, and that's going to be the new heel group for Swerve. I do want to go back to, you know, what you were talking about with the uh, acclaimed real quick, because I, I, I have to just give kudos to Tony Khan for everything that has happened with the acclaim, because Tony Khan has listened to his fans. He has read the room on everything from just the simple and eh, maybe you guys shouldn't do the scissoring thing on TV. <laughs> and now all of a sudden we're getting foam scissors out in the crowd and, and everything he has listened to the fans. He has watched the maturation of this team and he didn't stand in the way of it. And yeah, it probably did change his plans because I agree with you. I think in Chicago, that was supposed to be it. But there is, and I already talked about it once, there's no way you can listen to that crowd, be in that kind of atmosphere and go, yeah, we're done here. So kudos to Tony Khan for, for keeping that going and, yeah. and, and not standing in the way of the acclaim because sometimes you're going to catch lightning in a bottle. Just ride with it, man. Who cares if this wasn't what you had planned? Money's money. <laughs> and, Just and the acclaim is his creation. Um, they weren't a tag team anywhere else. Tony put these two guys together. It on, on paper, it shouldn't work, but it does. And then you throw in Billy Gunn, who's what, 80? And he's more over than he ever <laughs> has been in his entire life. He looks like he's 35, and he's the most over that he's ever been in his entire It's insane. Like this, None of this should work, and it just works. And that's what I love about professional wrestling. Speaking of professional wrestling, perfect segue to the wrestling championship, the Ring of Honor world title. We got Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, Sammy Guevara, and the Ocho, the Ring of Honor world champion, Chris Jericho, a fatal four-way. I would love to see Claudio get the belt back here, Phil. Um, 
I wouldn't mind Brian Danielson winning either. I have a feeling Chris Jericho is going to win, which probably means Sammy Guevara is walking away with the championship. So uh, <laughs> try to follow that logic there. And who are you going with? Um, I have been very critical of the way that they've booked the Ring of Honor world title. Um, I think that they handled Gresham's run very poorly. Um, and I think the way that they justified that was hoping that we would get a good run out of Claudio that didn't really happen. Um, but I've, en I've enjoyed, for the most part, what Jericho has been doing with the championship. But then they also have kind of ran Jericho versus Bryan into the ground. They've done this match way too many times. Um, and I feel like they've teased us enough with putting a title on Bryan and Bryan holding the title up last, no, on the second, on November 2nd episode. Just put the title on Bryan, man. Stop it. Just cut it out. <laughs> Stop with all this teasing. Stop going, all right, well, it's the Ocho. He's highlighting. No, just put the title on Bryan. If you want anybody to be the brand ambassador for Ring of Honor heading into the TV deal, it should be Bryan. Um, just everything he means to that brand. Um, I feel like him winning that title means more than him winning the AEW title in a lot of ways. Um, I feel like he is the guy that can entice a lot of guys to come to that brand and either want to sign or just have matches with him because who doesn't want to have matches with Brian Danielson? Um, and so I think it's, I think it's now or never with that. I think now you've got to, you got to, you got to piss or get off the pot, put the title on Brian and move on. I think there are a lot of story uh, elements here that are interesting, like uh, doing this warped version of what Brian and Garcia were early in the year with Jericho and Sammy. And I feel like they're setting the, the stage for Sammy to finally go, no, I'm tired of being in Jericho's shadow. I want to win a world title. And I feel like he's going to do something in this match that kind of draws a, that drives a wedge in between them. And that's to build into more of the stuff with Garcia. But I still think the end of this match should be Brian walking away with that title. I can't argue with that, SB3. And I agree with Phil. Um, I, I was not pleased when they took the belt off of Claudio. I, I thought his run should have been a lot longer. And this is something that I talked about, you know, on, on the program when it happened, I'm like, look, unless you're doing this to get it back on Claudio in, in a bigger match in a bigger setting, some way, somehow I didn't make a lot of sense to me. And then Jericho started doing what he's been doing with this championship. And I'm like, okay, I get it now. Right. It's, it's, you, you take the, the wrestling championship and you put it on the greatest sports entertainer of all time. Oh, the sweet heat, right? I get it, and I and I appreciate it for, for what it's been. But, yeah, I feel like it would just be right for Brian Danielson to walk away with this title now and then hang on to it for a very long time. As Phil said, they have really teased putting something on him, having him win something. Uh, I think it's about time, and I think it would mean a lot for him. If it's not him, I would put it back on Claudio. You're going with Sammy, though, aren't you? <laughs> Um, if he, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I agreed with a lot of what you and Phil just said, except for I don't think there's a chance in hell Chris Jericho is not the Ring of Honor World Champion going into ROH Final Battle. But that is part of the reason, and along with everything that Phil said, of why I think this match should not be on this card. This literally just came out of nowhere two weeks ago, and it's totally lost the narrative of this whole entire story where this, this story was. About a month and a half ago, this story was about Daniel Garcia being in the middle of choosing between the Blackpool Combat Club and the Jericho Appreciation Society. But that segued nicely into the whole issue between Brian Danielson and Wheeler Yuta. We haven't heard anything about either of those things in the past two weeks since they made this fatal four-way. When they did the whole brawl, when Ian Rickerbody was about to get jumped, I was like, this naturally should lead to a six-man tag at full gear. It should have been Claudio, Brian, and Yuta versus Garcia, Carvara, and Jericho. And then you do the Fatal 4-Way at Final Battle, and then you're absolutely right. That's the stage Brian Danielson should win the Ring of Honor World Champion, one of the ROH GOATs should be the one to dethrone Jericho. We're going to talk about one of the other ones next, who I thought they were going to keep as a babyface so he could be the one to dethrone Jericho, but he's a heel now. So it is Brian Danielson that needs to win here, but he's not winning here. So it's just like, 
why is this match on this card? This match should not be on this card. And once again, I feel like AEW has found themselves in a dilemma of they used blood and guts again to start a feud and not end a feud. And we are here six months after this Blackpool Combat Club and Jericho Appreciation Society thing started. And we haven't even progressed past like point B of a, a B, and C story. Well... I do think that they could pr- progress forward. But again, in order for them to progress forward, Brian needs to win. And man, when you really think about it, they've done a Jericho versus Brian match on three out of the five pay-per-views this year. Move on from this match, <laughs> please. Um, and so, yeah, Brian has to win here. Because I feel like the easy, the, the easy story to do here is you can have Brian win here and you can do... Brian versus Wheeler Yuta at Final Battle because the split is already there. The story is already there for that match to happen. I feel like the, one of the stories coming out of this pay-per-view will be the implosion of of of, uh, of Blackpool Combat Club. I'm calling it right now. There's, there, there are all of the seats there for this, this, this stable to implode. And I can see I, that. And I feel like that should be the match at, at Final Battle in some way is Brian versus Wheeler Yuta. And you could do so many other things coming out of that and lead up to sometime next year, uh, Brian versus Garcia for the Ring of Honor world title. Um, but in order to get there, move on from this feud and put the title on Brian. <laughs> I, I don't see it happening here. I just don't. I see, I don't, Jer- I I see don't Jericho. See Jericho win. I, I see Jericho winning and he's going to hold it till final battle where I think probably at that point, they're not, they should not. Do another Brian and Jericho matchup Who? at final battle. It should probably be Claudio because they have established that Claudio, if it's one-on-one, no low blows, nothing involved, he will wash Jericho. They proved that in the tag team matchup with yep. Yuta and Garcia, and they proved that in the tag team match on Dynamite. So I feel like Claude, they're setting Claudio up to eventually still be the guy to dethrone Jericho. So so you want to see Jericho beat beat Brian for a third time this year. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it either. I don't but they have, see that. this is why I this is why I'm annoyed by this whole program right okay, now. You got two other guys that Jericho could beat. He doesn't have to beat Daniel Bryan in this match. But I get I get what you're saying. So Phil, you're going with 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 Bryan. SP3 is going with Jericho to retain. Uh, I mean, the the only other interesting thing you could do here, and I feel like it makes a lot of sense, is. You could have Jericho pin Sammy to win this match. And that could be the thing that points Garcia going, no, this guy is never going to fully have your back. He's a snake. Yep. I know you feel like you're obligated to stay with this guy, but he's never going to be what you think he is. I think you sold me. I think I'm going to take Chris Jericho to retain here. I was leaning toward Brian Danielson, but I think Chris Jericho is going to walk out. Next up, we got the Big E special. Big meaty men bumping meat. We got Samoa Joe, Powerhouse Hobbs, Wardlow, TNT Championship on the line. Phil, the winner's us. Like that, 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 that's who wins. We, we win. Like it doesn't matter who walks away with. The, I mean, it does. It does matter who walks away with the TNT Championship. Wardlow is an absolute stud. I love Samoa Joe. I, Powerhouse Hobbs, long overdue for a singles push. I, I don't feel like this TNT championship run for, for Wardlow has been uh, long enough. I don't think it has, it has been what we had hoped it would be when they put the belt on him. He shouldn't be punished for that. I'm not saying that he, they should take the championship off of him. This would be a big, big win for Wardlow, and I think he should come out looking incredibly strong in this and come out on top. He needs to keep this TNT championship until he's ready to move up to the world title picture, in my opinion. Keep this man strong. I think Wardlow retains here, but this match is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, if I had to guess, I think that this is a way to kind of start the feud with him and Hobbs and keep the Hobbs feud going into next year. Um, Wardlow really needs a big definitive pay-per-view win. Um, he needs something that was supposed to do for him what Double or Nothing was going to do, and it really didn't. Um, it was a big win for him, but it ended up being a footnote because, of course, MJF stuff became the biggest story of that night. And then, of course, MJF went on to cut the promo of his life uh, the following week. And then he went on to do what, what Mox said, some 
uh, shitty Brian Pillman esque stuff <laughs> um, <laughs> and go away. Uh, and so I feel like Warlow needs this win. So I think Warlow's going to win, and I think it's going to lead to Warlow versus Hobbs at Cal Palace next year. Um, makes all the sense in the world because that's Hobbs, Hobbs' territory. That's his hometown. Um, yeah, I, I think that Warlow's going to be the winner here. What do you think in SP3? Um, yeah, I think Warlow is going to retain. I love Joe's promo on Dynamite. Joe, Joe reminded Joe me because I, I, I was literally trying to make the argument that Samoa Joe's not really the heel in this situation. He didn't try to call it out to Warlow's title. He wasn't he wasn't pushing aside Warlow. Warlow did all of that to Joe. And it's not right that people are are blaming Joe for not standing around being the victim. He was absolutely right. He should not be victimized for not standing around and letting Warlow just play him like he was doing. So I am on the side of Samoa Joe, but I think Warlow is going to retain here. Probably, hopefully, by pinning Samoa Joe because he's Teflon. He'll be safe. Yeah. Powerhouse Hobbs, you got to keep strong. And I agree with Phil. The Powerhouse Hobbs Warlow feud should continue. And I think Hobbs should be the one to dethrone Warlow. Yeah, I think uh, Joe is going to take the pin here. And I think that is going to be the catalyst for Powerhouse to say, well, you never beat me. I've been, as he said, as he said yesterday night, I've been kicking this guy's ass for weeks. And you did not beat me at the pay-per-view. And I feel like that's going to be the thing to keep this feud going. You look at these these three guys and, you know, you, you look at their stature and you would think of their skill set all being similar. They're big. They're hosses, right? They're big, powerful, meaty men guys, right? But I think the edge and the hopefully the story that plays out in this match is, and as we got a little reminder this week, Wardlow's a flyer, man. He is fast. He's athletic. He can do all the, the flippy shit, as, as Braun Strowman would say, right? He can do everything. <laughs> I'd like to see him pull more of that out in his arsenal in this match because I think that's the story to kind of get him over the top is that he can do those high-flying, uh, fast-paced type moves and kind of, you know, almost like working like Muhammad Ali and just wear his opponents down by running circles around him because he is that kind of big, fast, athletic type guy. Um, I think this is the perfect type of match for Wardlow to kind of showcase that and bring something different to the table that maybe Samoa Joe or Powerhouse Hobbs can't necessarily do. This is a great matchup on paper. And yes, Wardlow absolutely needs a big win. And I do think that he's going to beat Samoa Joe. Going to be interesting to see how many times he powerbombs him. Uh, I'm going to go maybe one, maybe two. Uh, but uh, that, that's a big hoss you're trying to throw down. Next matchup, our next championship matchup, uh, one that we were all hoping would be happening sooner rather than later. It is happening. The elite are back. They are coming back at full gear, going back for their AEW world trios championships that they never lost. Oh, they never really got to even hold them up on television. They won the damn belts and then brawl out happened. And we haven't seen them since they are going up against death triangle. Phil death triangle has been really, really great as trios champions as just, just as a trios group. For, for a long time now. Is Tony Khan really about to just bring the elite back and put the belts right back on him? I mean, I feel like the, the telltale sign was giving them a title defense this week and letting them win. Um, yeah, this is those are the elite titles. That's, it's always been the elite title. Those titles exist because of the elite. Um, they will be the first two-time trios champions. It's happening. Um, anybody that thinks it's not happening, you're delusional. You're fooling yourself. Um, I'm sorry. We're getting, we're getting, we're getting the the intro of a lifetime. We're getting the um, <laughs> and now. <laughs> Justin is, Roberts' introduction is going to be uh, one he, to watch this week. He he saved a small dog. He <laughs> may or may not have a bite yo, mark on his dog. Yo, if, he, if he says that, I am marking the hell out. <laughs> He may or may not still have a bite mark on his arm. Um, he <laughs> he made time to go to Japan and have a great vacation, but still promote the video game. But he's still here in Newark and not North Carolina. <laughs> Kenny Omega is winning this match. I think that it's great that they found a way to put these six men back in the ring together. And they've, they've all had stories matches together. Um, and so... No, at least one in this thing. This is the most predictable. Um, <laughs> this is the most predictable outcome on the entire card. <laughs> I'm with him, SP3. I think 
You bring they they are the elite's championships. He's absolutely right. These these championships exist because the elite. They they had those belts. You would probably know this, Phil. They what they had the belts made for like a year, didn't they? Like they were they were waiting for Kenny Omega to come back so they could put these trios championships on the elite. No, yeah. Death Triangle has had a had a, has had a good run. They have been a good. I hate to say placeholder for the elite, but that's basically what they're going to be at this point. Kenny Omega yeah. is absolutely winning this match. And they're putting the trails titles back on the elite SP3. It's just this is what's gonna go down. I would be I would be absolutely stunned if anything but that happened. I mean, can we just talk about how much of a victim Kenny Omega has been in all of this? This man should save the dog. This man got bitten and choked from behind. This man was the only person who had a reasonable conversation accordingly, reportedly, and allegedly with CM Punk that night. Out of everybody from the elite, he was the only one that had a conversation that didn't end in fisticuffs with CM Punk that night. This poor man, he just came back. He was out for, for 10 months, fought his way back. This man was put together by duct tape and bubblegum for, for, for years. He comes back. He has th two, three matches, and he gets he gets he gets suspended for trying to save an animal. Are you kidding me, Kenny Omega for humanitarian of 2022? The elite gonna win the trios championships. These six men have been like a part of some of the greatest matches in this company's history. Whether yeah. it's Kenny and Pac, the Iron Man match, whether it's uh, Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks steel cage match at All Out last year, the match they had in California on Rampage this year, the uh, Escalera de la Muerte back in 2019, the first ever double or nothing their tag team match there, the Young Bucks versus Pac in Phoenix last year on dynamite like uh, uh phoenix versus omega last year on dynamite like the list goes on and on these guys have delivered some of the best matches i have no doubt in my mind when it comes to in ring work this will be the best match on the card but the elite two-time aew world trio champions yeah. and my prediction house of black comes out after and it lays them out yeah i could see that as well but yeah the elite are definitely winning here um I don't know how true this uh, dog story is. I think that people have run with it. Um, it's fun, though. <laughs> it's fun that people are running with this dog story, but it... I, I still I, can't I, get the thought out of my mind that he apparently picked up a dog in a brawl and got bit, but didn't get bit by the dog. Like, no. that... <laughs> yeah. That's what I, heroes I, do. I, I just still think it's the funniest thing in the world that um, we've gotten both sides of the story and that Punk's side of the story makes him seem like this valiant guy that was trying to stand up for his friend and his wife and defend himself when these guys came busting in his locker room and kicked down the door and on the other side they're like oh we just wanted to talk to the guy and by the way kenny saved the dog everybody <laughs> both sides of the story is just so you know favorable for themselves that it's just like yeah neither of you guys are telling 100 percent the truth um <laughs> the, the truth is somewhere in between story. always three sides to a story their side yeah. their side and what actually the fuck happened all i'm yeah. gonna say is phil you were there i was there mr brooks should have known the second that he said those words if you have a problem with me come see me after laying out all that trash that he laid should have known someone was gonna come knocking on his door he didn't think uh he didn't think those guys from rashida were gonna kick his door down <laughs> those uh, guys who can't even manage a target i mean he didn't know they can they can manage kicking his door down that's very reasonable Hey, I mean, it is what it is. I, uh, I, I think this is long overdue for these guys to get back on TV. I'm, I'm glad they're back. Um, in a perfect world, I, I, it would be nice if everybody could do business and we eventually get Kenny Omega versus CM Punk. I don't know if that will ever happen, but I, in the meantime, it is great to see the elite back. Uh, Tony Khan was asked about uh, the status of CM Punk during his uh, media conference uh, this week. And just like every other time that CM Punk has been brought up to Tony Khan since All Out, Tony Khan said, I cannot comment on that. Yeah. Um, man, you're just leaving so much money on the table. If you can't somehow get us, not just, not just Omega versus Punk. Come on, Punk and FTR versus the Elite at some point is yeah. It's cash money. I mean, not even just that. If, if Punk, come on, Punk and Brian versus the Bucks. Come on. I mean, it's so these much. Just happen, it's so man. much. It's so we, much they can do with this. The the only hope is that 
cooler heads prevail and they see the money signs once CM Punk is healthy, right? And there's still several more months because well, he tore a tricep. So he's got several more months before he could even possibly think about getting back in a wrestling ring for whatever company it's going to be if he does get back in a wrestling ring. So that's that's really the only hope is that there's really no litigation. There's no charges <laughs> filed. And everybody just says, all right, we're cool well, now. What happened happened. Let's all go make some fucking money. Like that's that's really the only hope that they got. The funniest tweet I've seen today is that, you know, we all know that based off of all of these workout videos that Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to wrestle again. He's made that very clear that he was happy with how his match went this year at WrestleMania. And boy, if uh, if you are thinking about a one last match for CM Punk in WWE, it has to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. And so one of the funniest tweets I've seen today is somebody saying, listen, if if Austin is the catalyst to get uh, Tony Khan to come to cooler heads and go, look, let's just let's just figure this out with Punk so he doesn't go over there and have that match. Then that adds to the legacy of Stone Cold. It does, yeah, <laughs> making him one of the greatest of all time. <laughs> this is this is how he gets some 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 plug back because he lost he lost a little credibility in the modern day when he when him, the news of him coming back after an, over a decade was overshadowed within ten minutes of Cody Rhodes saying that he's leaving AEW. So if he wants to get some cred back and say, oh, I've been talking to Triple H about getting CM Punk to do that match, and that leads to Tony bringing Punk back, <laughs> Austin, unofficial, it's official, he's the GOAT. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, all of you people that are trying to hype me on a Logan Paul versus Stone Cold Steve Austin match, shame on you, that is disgusting, <laughs> what is wrong with you? I do not want to see that. Give us anything other than that. John Cena's right there. We've never. Yeah, seen I mean, that I'm match. here Come for on. Cena versus Logan Paul, though. I still I'm love that. If you missed our show earlier this week, I still love SP3 suggestion of Stone Cold versus Bray Wyatt. I think that is absolutely brilliant. A, a great matchup for yeah, Stone Cold. We're, I, this is this is the closest we're ever going to get to Stone Cold. Stone Cold versus John Cena. Pull the trigger now. Yeah. What What are you waiting for? And if you don't do that, there are other matchups. But don't give me Logan Paul after three matches. He has not earned that. If you're going to do it, look, I mean, it all depends. Like, if you're going to take it on a match-by-match basis with Stone Cold, which you probably should at this point, yeah, you should probably go ahead and give us the one match that we've always wanted that we've never gotten and then take things from there. People who want this Stone Cold CM Punk match, there's no way in hell that that would logistically happen at this year's WrestleMania anyway. No. So go ahead and give us Cena versus uh, Stone Cold at WrestleMania. And then if you wanted and are able to do Cena versus, or, uh, excuse me, Punk versus Stone Cold somewhere down the line. You got SummerSlam. You still got time. You could do it down the line as well. Yeah. Let's dive back into the pay-per-view that's actually happening this weekend for the other company. Uh, you want to talk about people coming back after a long time off. This is a match that is literally five years in the making. This is a match that I was hoping that we would see at some point. Soraya versus literally anybody. Literally anybody. <laughs> I wanted her back in the ring so damn badly. Uh, I have always been a fan. She is, without a doubt, one of the main catalysts for the women's revolution in professional wrestling across the entire board. And she is going up against the biggest women's star in AEW, hands down, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus Soraya, full gear. And SP3, this has been a, um, a, a very interesting build that took a, a, a weird turn this week. I talked about Tony Khan and his ability to read the room and listen to the crowd. And you have that promo exchange the week prior where Soraya is getting booze and you have uh, Dr. Britt Baker coming off as the, the hero and the representative of AEW. And now Britt Baker this week cuts a very, very baby face level promo. Could there possibly be a double turn here in the works? Could there be some shenanigans here? There's just there's some kind of weird feeling where like this this in the last week and a half went from a well obviously this is a slam dunk Soraya is winning this matchup to could she possibly lose in her first match back in five years this is this is a very interesting matchup to me how do you see this one going on paper uh, I think it's pretty clear Soraya should probably win you want to reestablish her even though I will say that Tony Khan did put a a, a shade 
of doubt in my eyes because he said that kind of a theme of the full gear card is homegrown AEW stars versus these international stars that have come into the company. And this is kind of the personification of that. So you would want the homegrown star to win. And Britt has been cutting pretty much babyface promos because I think that the real issue here is that Soraya is a new is a person who is new to writing her own promo material. And I don't think she really knows the audience she is trying to address, thus why she got booed in that back and forth between the two. And I felt like the build could have been stronger. I felt like the there's been a bunch of good stuff in the build here, but it's been on the wrong week. I feel like the promo exchange they did last week on Dynamite should have happened probably two weeks earlier, like a month. They should have had this match set like a month ago. Uh, I felt like the the whole kind of Soraya has an interview, then Britt interrupts. The next week, they're supposed to do a sit-down. Then Soraya's there, and Britt's not there. That just wasted two weeks of the build. Like, it, literally, you could have done that promo exchange here. I felt like Britt promo on Dynamite this week was her best work of her career. That was just a knockout-the-park go home type of promo that Britt Baker cut and I would want her to win in any other situation but Soraya you got to establish her being that recognizable name being a new star in the women's division she has to get the win here Phil here's my mindset on this match coming in here and I I could make an argument you know SP3 says you know he feels like Soraya should win this matchup if you're just going from a strict storyline standpoint for Soraya it's it's is she rusty can she still cut it? And she hasn't wrestled in five years. That is, at least on paper, should be a huge leg up for Dr. Britt Baker, who has been your, your biggest star. Granted, she's probably going to have outside help, shenanigans, whatever. It's a Dr. Britt Baker match. It tend, tends to be what happens. Um, this, this, to me, feels like almost like Britt Baker should win this matchup. Because Soraya hasn't wrestled in five years, because she's she's going to be rusty, and I think the story with Soraya is, okay, maybe I still don't have it, maybe I do, it could take me some time to get there. We've seen people come back in, in other sports off of, off of injuries or whatnot, and they are completely rusty, right? I saw, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan, I saw Joe Burrow six weeks after an appendectomy go up against Pittsburgh Steelers and look terrible, throw four interceptions because he hadn't taken any practice reps. Soraya hasn't wrestled in five years. This should be a big leg up for Dr. Britt Baker. And I think that could be her path to victory here is Soraya is just rusty. And that's the story that they can tell in this match. I'm not saying that Britt is going to get the win here, but I think that's her path to victory. If you wanted to tell that story. Yeah, I think that that's an interesting way to do it. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Soraya is going to win. And I would not be surprised if Jamie Hayter somehow comes into play and that comes into play later in the night. Um, but I, I think that the, the build here has been very up and down. I like the small things that they've done with this. Um, they've done very interesting things here. Um, there are real similarities here. If people haven't noticed it between this program and Punk and Hangman. You can see the, the similarities of her saying, no, I'm protecting my home that I helped build from another one of you WWE guys coming in and taking what I've already built and calling yourself a star in my house. Um, there, I, I love that storyline. I love the idea that um, Soraya came straight in and was like, yeah, we're going to do a sit down interview with my friend and Britt going, no, I'm not doing that with your friend. Like you would do over there in that other company. This is my house. I'm doing an interview with Tony Schiavone because that's what we do here. Um, um, and you can't say that that was a waste, but I like that small detail of it. Um, I like I like that Britt brought back this conspirator line. I caught that right away, and I like her idea of going. No, I'm not going to do this promo with her because that's your friend. She's going to ask me tough questions, but she's going to softball you questions because you guys are clearly friends. Um, I like that. Uh, I think that the promo last week should have happened sooner, but I don't know how much of that is because she wasn't cleared yet. Um, but I thought that they knocked it out the park with the segment last week in the and. All of the passion that Soraya came in with, I thought her promo was great. Um, I think that some fans were going to boo her because AEW fans are very territorial. Um, they what? pick they they, they they pick their wrestler every time. And once once you turned it a us against them thing, they were always going to pick Britt. And so 
Um, I've seen people say crazy things like, oh, how dare she say that she's a bigger star than Brit? She is a bigger star than Brit. Sorry, she is. Um, <laughs> she is. I just don't think she should have said that you don't know what it takes to be a star. I well, feel like I feel like she got the better tone this week in her short promo when she was like, she wanted to come for the bigger star. Big Brit's the big star. That's why I'm coming after you. If she had said that in last week's promo, I feel like then you're more keeping it as a baby face. She leaned too much into being the them against us. Well, you could say that, but Brit started it. Brit started it by saying that all of these things that you couldn't cut it and all these other things. And she was like, no, no, no. Let me remind you who I am because you're talking crazy. And so I was fine with that. I just think that it isn't going to read as well with AEW fans because as we've seen several times they're going to pick their their person they did it with stat and Ro and ruby um they've done it several other times before um and i think that's a part of the reason why people are running with mjf against anybody because mjf is their guy um it's the same thing with hangman in some ways hangman is their guy and and you know brit is polarizing but brit is still their star they helped to build her into what she is and so as be that as it may, I do think Soraya is going to win here, and I do think that that's going to play a part into the world title match later. Very, very interesting. So let's move on to uh, the uh, women's world championship match. Excuse me, interim uh, world championship match. As much as that word might uh, irritate Tony Storm, uh, she is defending that championship against Jamie Hader. Uh, SP3. Something that uh, you and I talked about this week. I believe you brought it up, talking about. Uh, not knowing, you know, with Tony Storm, if she loses this matchup, does she technically never get credit uh, for being the the AEW Women's World Champion? She actually cleared that up in an interview with with the Ringer uh, this week, where she talked about exactly that. She says, "Hey, look, I have been putting all of this work into this title run, and if I lose it before my the unification match with Thunder Rosa, I'm I'm wiped clean from the lineage. Like I don't get credit at all for any of that. And with that in mind, that alone." To me, I know Jamie Hayter is white hot. She's absolutely white hot. And typically, you want to ride the lightning. I said that earlier. You, you catch lightning in a bottle, you want to run with it. I, I feel like you gotta, you got to play the long game and stick with Tony Storm in this one. And J Jamie will get her day. It will come, and it will come fairly soon. Maybe even as early as next year. I think you got to go with Tony Storm in this one. Where, which way are you leaning on this one? Uh, well, the Jamie Hayter moment, it doesn't come with her winning the championship. That comes when she turns on Britt Baker. When she goes against Britt Baker, when she either either stands up for herself or betrays Britt Baker, that's when she just, it's, it's no stopping her to the top. And then you put the championship on her. I don't think right now is the time. I think Tony Storm has been really good as AEW Interim Women's World Champion. And I want to see her versus Thunder Rosa to unify the, the title. And I've been saying this for a few a few weeks now. I think the, the match to do after Tony Storm eventually unifies the titles after beating Thunder Rosa is Storm, Hater, and Baker. And in that match, you make your decision. You either have Britt turn on, on Jamie and win back the championship championship or a hater stands up for herself and she wins the title and she pins Britt. Phil, our friends over at bet online had uh, this one with the closest odds of all the championship matches on the card. A very, very slight favorite is Tony storm in this matchup. Which way are you going here? Uh, I think Tony's going to win here. I think that Tony has unfinished business as the interim champion. Um, and I, I don't like the idea of Hater's first win coming with this asterisk next to it that she didn't beat the champion. Um, and I feel like in order for them, in order for them to get past all of that, they have to figure out this Thunder Rosa stuff first. Now, whether that means that uh, Tony is eventually going to get her match, or they officially vacate the title and make her the official champion, I feel like they need to sort that out first before they put the title on Jamie. And so. I just don't like the idea of having like two champions in between all of this stuff with Thunder Rosa. Um, now I could be wrong and they might make her champion anyway, but I don't think that I am. And I think that because Jamie is so popular here, the only way you could justify this without losing the crowd is that Brit is going to come into play 
and Brit is going to get booed again. I think that people are buying in and trying to turn Brit prematurely. I think Brit is going to remain a heel. And I think the same thing with Max. I think people are buying in. No, I think Brit is going to remain a heel. She's going to do something in this match to cost her the title. Um, and I think that that's going to lead further into splitting them up later. I wouldn't be surprised as popular as Jamie is getting. I think people are kind of overlooking Jamie as somebody that could be Jade at some point. Yeah. Well, 100%. I mean, we, we talked about, I mean, after Nyla, I mean, there's not really like a clear cut TBS title contender. And yeah, if that's a direction they want to go uh, with Jamie Hayter, they can, they can give her, you know, kind of that moment until, like you said, all of this stuff gets cleared up because if you start having title changes with, with interim and okay, well, this never really happened, but it kind of did. We know it, it just gets really, really confusing. Um, and I don't think it would be right for, for Tony. I think, you know, she, she's putting in all this work. She is trying to carry the, uh, the division right now. She is the champion, whether you want to put an interim tag on it or not. I think she should get credit down the line and she should get her match with Thunder Rosa if it's a possibility. And yes, Phil, I agree with you. If it's not a possibility, they need to figure that out soon and move on. You got to cut bait at some point and, and move on. And then when you can allow Thunder Rosa to take as much time as she needs to come back, and then you can revisit things down the line. Phil, you kind of alluded to uh, what we're going to talk about next, which is the the main event. Uh, will he, won't he, as far as MJF is concerned? I think, obviously, this is his moment going up against John Moxley. There, if you pulled maybe a, a, a thousand AEW fans, maybe 995 of them would, would pick MJF to, to win this match, but it's going to come down to how. And I think anybody who watched Dynamite this week, if you weren't suspicious that something is at play here with Maxwell Jacob Friedman, you, you know it now. All right. Like <laughs> he, he comes down there to save Moxley from this attack. And he is just, you know, dropping dudes left and right like it was nothing. Like he was like his name was Brett Maverick. If nobody understands that reference, it's a really good one. Go watch the film. He is just dropping dudes like he paid them to fall down. There definitely feels like there is something nefarious going on here, whether it's Max with the firm, whether it is Max and it is uh, William Regal, some kind of cahoots going on back there. We talked about this. You brought up, Phil, earlier on that this this whole pay-per-view could be the downfall for the Blackpool Combat Club. I think you've been dying to talk about this matchup and what could be going on with Max. Everybody wants him to turn babyface. It's right there to do it. Might not be the move that Tony Khan and MJF and they decide to go in. Yeah, uh, this guy is a student of CM Punk. This guy has been dropping CM Punk lines for the last few weeks. Keeps telling you he's the devil. He's going to do something on Saturday night to redefine himself as a heel. I think this is probably the most, this is probably the second most predictable outcome of the night. MJF will walk out of the night as champion. It's just a matter of how. And he's definitely going to cheat to win. He's not going to just beat Mox clean. He's going to cheat. Um, because it just leads to everything that he's done. I mean, the fact that Mox told us that he's only he's won he's won one match this year, um, recently, and that was a Utah match. He hasn't wrestled much. He hasn't really earned anything. He didn't win that ladder match. They handed him the chip. Um, his I, last I, title match, like his last like really big pay per view match, he got destroyed. He got decimated. Yes. War he Wardlow. Freaking dropped him like he was the Hulk and he was Loki. All right. Like that, that is what happened in that match. Yeah. So this, no, nothing about this title match is earned for him. And it would make all the sense in the world for him to have a great match with him. But then at the end of the day, end up cheating. And man, if you take the analogy that uh, he is syndrome here and Rigo <laughs> told him, go home, kid. I work alone. No, he very much threw. The, he very much is throwing this this saving, this this salvation of of Jonathan Moxley this week. No, he's absolutely pushing the buttons. Like, hey, yeah, yep, yep. All right, punch here. Yep, fall down. Punch here. Fall down. Hey, I poke. Fall down. Get out of here. Hey guys, <laughs> get out of here. Or I'll stick my foot up your ass. They have the they have the numbers on you, sir. They have no reason to leave. They could just get back in there and jump you, and you could do nothing about it. But no, they left because they're still working with you. Um, so 
No, he is going to do something bad. I wouldn't be surprised because he keeps saying, I'm not going to beat you with that ring, which immediately reminds me of, hey, I'm not going to beat you with a paradigm shift, but ends up beating with the paradigm shift anyway. No, he's not going to beat him with this diamond ring. He's going to cheat in some way. And I wouldn't be surprised if those brass knuckles come sliding in the ring and he knocks him out to win the match. That, that's immediately what I thought of SP3 when he dropped that line this week. Not doesn't need the dynamite diamond ring to knock him out. I'm like, oh well, yeah, that's he's that's been okay. he's saying it since the Regal promo, and I've been saying he's going to win with the brass knuckles since the Regal promo. Since he said he's not going to use the dynamite diamond ring, I was like, so he's going to use the brass knuckles. But like Phil said, it's about how because I think that is the finish, and that should be the finish because that puts the whole story into a nutshell, but it's the how he does it. He could do it where Phil is right. This has all been uh, an elaborate ploy with everything with him and Stokely Hathaway and Stokely Hathaway and the firm, like jump Regal like they did on Dynamite, and they get the brass knuckles and Stokely hands it to MJF. Or... You could bring it all full circles because the one line from Dynamite that got me that solidified what I've been thinking for the past month pretty much since the Regal MJF promo was the line MJF said when he says that I'm going to knock you out on on Saturday, John. No ring necessary. Ain't that right, Will? So I think that was the confirmation. It was kind of just showing us everything before our eyes. I believe this is his rock Survivor Series 1998 moment. Everybody's been crowning him as the new crown top baby face of AEW, and he's going to swerve us all, and he's going to become the top heel and an even more dastardly heel, and he's going to drive the knife into the Blackpool Combat Club. It's going to be Regal and MJF with MJF holding up the title where Regal raising his hand, and now we're going to have MJF versus the Blackpool Combat Club as the big feud coming out of this. Yeah, um, I, it couldn't have been more clear to me that John Moxley is tired. He wants to take this vacation. <laughs> that promo, dude. That that promo. There was a lot of good stuff in that promo, but the overall he, feeling ready. of John Moxley just being like, "I'm ready to get out of here. I don't even know what home. day full gear is on." Yeah, man, like I swear to God, when when he said Sunday, oh wait, is it Saturday? I sw- I swear he just wanted to go. Eh, fuck it, whatever. I swear he, he just wanted. Yeah, to just- hey, look. <laughs> Look, look, I, I, I did my part here. I, I, I took on the title for a third time. I carried this on and I, I got us to the I got us to the finish line. My wife is here doing great things now. I'm I'm about to peace out, y'all. Um and so I think uh I think not only because we've seen him take a beating, we've seen him bleed, and so just just getting hit with the brass knuckles don't feel like it. Look, he's gonna get knocked out, and then the firm is gonna come out and stomp this man out and write him off TV. That's what's going to happen. And and afterwards, the firm is going to hold MJ up on their shoulders. It's going to be a triumphant moment for him. And he's probably going to drop another punk line. You stupid old man. I'm and, a snake. And and I, I uh, 100% I agree with all of that. And that is why I said earlier, I'm glad that we're not picking the Eliminator title tournament because, you know, that kind of telegraphs who, who wins that. Because And that's why I'm happy this match isn't happening on the card. If you have Ricky Starks win, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You're going to do babyface Ricky versus MJF. Okay, a heel MJF. That makes a ton of sense. You're not going to do Ethan Page if, you know, the firm and MJF are, are still working with one another. So I'm glad that that matchup is going to happen at a later date uh, and not on this card because, oh, look, it, it's all telegraphed anyway. I think at this point, if MJF went through with the babyface turn and won this match clean, John Moxley doesn't lose matches clean. What, his loss to CM Punk at All Out was like his first clean pinfall in, what, two years? Isn't that what Tony said in the in the pressers? So it's like, singles this match, man yeah. don't lose clean. He ain't going to lose clean to MJF, of all people, who literally cheats to win every damn thing in his entire it's, life. Especially when at this very same pay-per-view, he didn't. He did not beat MJF clean. He cheated to beat MJF clean. At All, this at is all his, Out, yeah. This is his moment. Uh, this is a full circle moment to get eye for an eye. And in some ways, he's justified. And that's the way he's going to spin it. 
And that's why I think he's not going to use the dynamite diamond ring because that's going to become the theme of full gear. Because if you remember last year at full gear, what did he tell Darby Allen? I'm going to beat you with a headlock takeover. And he did exactly that. <laughs> so that's why I think at full gear, he's going to knock out John Moxley. No dynamite diamond ring necessary. We're not going to tell you what, uh, what is necessary, but no dynamite diamond ring necessary. Yeah. All right, we'll all see how it goes down this Saturday night. John Moxley, please make sure you get to the show. It's on Saturday. Uh, you can watch it uh, on Bleacher Report, where you can also find the work of this good uh, gentleman right here. Also, make sure to tune into the uh, Grab City Podcast. Phil, tell where everybody uh, tell everybody where they can find your stuff. Yeah, I mean, don't let anybody out here fool you and tell you that uh, people's family is in a dirt sheets or any of this other stuff and making these weird flips of the, the lotto record and calling things little dick energy don't don't believe the hype um you can watch the grapsy podcast on saturday at, at noon eastern time on fightful's youtube channel that is me that is mr will washington who is a fine upstanding man and and righteous reginald who does not get in trouble on twitter has nothing but the best thing to say about bray wyatt um yeah <laughs> oh goodness sp3 uh what's going on on true heel this week i'd check out my twitter handle at true hill sp3 will be live on on friday today at 11:05 a.m eastern time with our full gear preview with special guest joel herbert of the late night grin and then we got true hill heat 201 on saturday 11:05 a.m eastern time so check that out as we preview full gear and new japan pro wrestling x stardom historic crossover very cool. And uh, make sure, guys, to, again, hit the thumbs up here for the video. really helps drive up our audience. Thank you very much. Uh, if you're new to the channel, uh, please hit the subscribe button while you're here. we got a lot of good stuff coming down the pike, including next week. Uh, I'll have the uh, honor of chatting with uh, Mia Yim, ahead of uh, Survivor Series War Games uh, next weekend. So I'm looking forward to getting to chat with her. And that will be uh, probably sometime Wednesday morning, I believe, here on Believe in Pro Wrestling. Phil, thank you so much. SP3, always a pleasure. Thank you, guys, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy full gear. SP3 and I will be back for our regular show as long as nothing else happens in my life between now and then. 2.15 on Tuesday, live. I said live, baby. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.